Hello, everyone. Welcome to Bracket. Oscar, hello. Hello, Connor. Lovely to see you. Albeit over the internet once again. We had a good run of one episode where we were in the same room, and then here we are again, back in back in cyberspace. We're back for the 2020 closing episode, which we have decided to do over two episodes. I will let you explain why, Oscar. So this is the for a project which is largely characterized by being very large this is particularly large to the point where we thought we'd go out and finish the year in style and tackle easily the biggest and most expensive discography which happens to fall into the right number of brackets we are of course as you know from the episode title speaking of into it over it the brainchild of evan vice which is Oh my god! I'm stoked on talking about it, but gosh dang, there's a lot of there's a lot of tracks in here to work through. Um, we worked out that taking into account the four major LPs and splits and singles and stuff like that brings us up to 64. So many we're going to have to do it across two episodes. So what we've done is we've taken all of those tracks from the last four records. Uh, so pause. We've taken it from figure from standards, from intersections, from proper, from 12 towns, and then a handful of other singles from splits and one-offs. And we've taken all of those, jumbled all those up, and split those directly down the middle. Podcast number one, we're going to tackle half of them. Podcast number two, we're going to tackle the other half of them. And then we'll have two victors, which will go head on head, and then we'll decide the ultimate gladiatorial champion of yeah. this mammoth discography. It's it's a lot. It's a big in. Uh, I think for both of our sakes and your sake, the listener, splitting it in half is probably the best thing we could possibly do. So it's a it's a big listen. So if your track that you immediately think is going to be the winner doesn't come up in this episode, don't worry. There'll be another one where it will come up and then maybe get knocked out in the first round. Who knows? Yeah. And we haven't taken anything from 52 Weeks or the Koji split or a bunch of other splits because those songs are in what was known as 12 towns. So Mm. we do the standard procedure. We go through all the brackets. Like Oscar said, we will have a winner at the end of this episode that only gets it, uh, gets it a semi-final place that doesn't make it to the overall winner. So sit down, get some coffee, get something to eat. Or if you're out on a walk, that's also good. Um, Oscar, when was the first time you listened or discovered Into It Over It? Straight to business. I love it. Uh, I have... It's a long one. Oh, yeah. We, let, let's let's trim the fat. Let's get right in there. Um, so I actually have the YouTube algorithm to thank for introducing me to Into It Over It, although not really in the right way. Yeah. Uh, basically, it recommended me... I can't remember the name of the guy or the channel, but... There was a guy on YouTube who did a full drum playthrough of proper beginning to end. Awesome. And I didn't know at the time that that wasn't his project. I just assumed it was a guy who had a, who it's not Evan. It's just some dude in, in his basement or whatever, but he played through the entire album beginning to end, which is no easy, it's no easy feat. And I went, oh, that's really cool. I really like that video. And then after that, I realized that's an album by someone else, which I can actually listen to. Mm. So I kind of found out about them from there. And, you know, saw, saw them play live 
way back. You know, I think they think uh, when they were touring Intersections, mm. I've kind of always had them. Always, I keep saying them. It's a weird one. I've always had into it, over it the band. It's Evan, really. Yeah, yeah. Uh, on my radar, but it manages to tick all those boxes of being a little bit mathy, being a little bit Midwest emo-y, being a bit like mellow, being quite heartfelt, being a great live act, being a great visual kind of project. It's, um, it's proper in particular. It was one of the records, which is probably one of the first things I actually got on vinyl. Uh, and has always been a safe back when we could actually, you know, all be in a room together. It'd be a really safe one to stick songs from that on in a room for the people. Cause you can guarantee there's kind of something for everyone on that album. Absolutely. But yeah, I, I'm a huge into over it fan, which is why I was so excited to delve into the discography with a more critical ear uh, mm-hmm. and having listened through all the albums in prep for this. It's only confirmed my earlier hypothesis that it's a good band making good songs in a good way. Connor, tell me about the first time you listened to Into It Over It and how they've impacted your life. Um, mine was definitely on 52 Weeks. I can't remember who, but I'm pretty sure I was told by someone that there was this artist who was creating a song a week for a year and it was going up on Bandcamp. And that's how I remember it. And then, so I was introduced to Into It Over It as a solo project. Then from 52 weeks, I think I bought the CD, like the 12 town CD before final was a thing in my life. Um, and I really enjoyed a lot of that stuff. And then, yeah. And then it was, and then it was straight into proper. I remember proper being one of the first records I picked up from banquet back in the day. Um, I also remember seeing Evan play at the fighting Cox a couple of times. And then ever since then, it's just been like a, you know, a mainstay in my life, in my collection. Every three years, it seems there's a new one every two, three years. Um, and yeah, just really, really good. And obviously being lucky enough to work on the latest record, which mm. is a whole heap of fun. End to end. End to end. Absolute slappers, which is always nice. It's kind of fun when you end up working with an artist that you've enjoyed as a fan spark of enjoyment that I think a lot of people seem to think we always have as people who work in music. But let me tell you, sometimes you get a bit, sometimes it's just a job and these, these ones come around and you get excited about it. And that's, uh, that's the story of me. <laughs> sometimes things are good. Oftentimes not so much. Often you get tired by it all. Welcome to the year. Yeah. <laughs> so that's, uh, that's my, that's my history with into over it. Should we do it? Should we tackle this beast? I think the the longer we put it off, the harder it's going to be. Let's 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 get right into it. Let's get let's get elbow deep. Okay. All right. Go on then. We will begin with Cambridge MA from the Twelve Towns album, going up against Spatial Exploration from Intersections. Yeah. So, firstly, I think it's worth pointing out that. 12 Towns was a um, was a record made out of various splits mm. that were used to help promote into over it. So even though there is a solidified record in our point of view, most of, well, all of the songs on 12 Towns will be found on various splits with various artists. It's a compilation album, basically. 
Yeah, absolutely. Like anthology by colour. You know, it's it works as a record, yeah. but it's not all one solid experience. Yeah. I think Cambridge MA is a good first song for this bracket because it kind of showcases everything that you want from that sort of yeah. period of into over it with some really good guitar work, songwriting ability, storytelling, and it's a lovely it's a lovely piece of music. Um, I've put most of the same kind of things in there. I think one of the things we're going to find ourselves saying for every one of these episodes we do, there's one word which comes up a lot. And I think for this one, the idea of storytelling is going to be really prevalent throughout pretty much all of the narrative of all of these songs. It's very conversational. It's very, there's a, there's a, there's a real sense of a story to every track pretty much. And that's really like, like you say, this kind of sets the scene for, what we can expect across all of it. And it's one of the things which Evan does so well across this project is like making you, bringing you along for the ride. Um, I also agree with you, as said. I've written down that I would listen to this song whilst walking in the wind, but unfortunately it's coming up against a very good song. It is coming up against a very good song. I mean, with a lot of these, as we always find, it's not that one song is bad, it's just the other song is better. And I think in this case, Cambridge MA does a really good job of like opening the door to what it's what over it is. But spatial exploration kind of, you talked about like um, Cambridge making you feel like you're taking a walk in the wind. Mm. I'd say that spatial exploration makes me feel like I'm riding a bike down a kind of like rainy street, that, like, a, like a street after it's been raining. And it's very autumnal. That's a very like a seasonal thing with Into It Over It. Uh, but this one's got the kind of, it's, it's a real, real get-up-and-go kind of track. It's got a nice bit of metric modulation at the end, kind of jumps into a triplety feel. It's got a really high energy, but still keeps that sense of conversationalism, that sense of narrative, that sense of storytelling. And for me, out of these two, it's the one that I went, it's going to be that. I'm going to listen back to that one. It's going to be spatial exploration for me, even though it's hard to say. <laughs> I agree. It's going through. Let's uh, let's put it through. On to the next one. On to the next one. We've got uh, a left turn at best intentions from the new record figure versus Portland OR from Twelve Towns. Again, um, I think we're exactly at the same situation as the last one. I think there's there's better songs on Twelve Towns than Portland. Yeah, left turn is just uh it's easily one of the best sounding songs on figure and i think yeah. in general is one of the best sounding into over records like the engineering and the production is so on point it's like so rich and like i want to i want to i want to chew on it it's lush oh, it's bodied it's rich a is a great word I, I didn't use that word at all when i was describing it but that's so spot on it's very rich Oh yeah, like yeah. a towel that's been left on the radiator, like that you're you're going to after you've gotten out of the shower. That's like, oh, all right, come on then. <laughs> it's a real treat for the listeners. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. <laughs> um, so I mean, like, I'm. I don't think there's any left turns going through, right? Yeah, we'll talk about that one again next round up, I'm sure. But yeah, left turn is is the one. Yeah. Uh, this, in my mind, is another quick one up next. We've got embracing facts up against perfect penmanship. I mean, it's only quick because I think you're quite proper bias. I try, I've tried not to be. I'm aware of it, but I've tried not to be. But I do think that in terms of what the songs do, it's really hard to be embracing facts for like telling you everything you need to know about... I mean, I'm proper biased because that's, that's because proper is the best record. 
Uh, <laughs> I'm aware that sounds redundant, but at the same time, like opening with embracing facts to that album gets you on board immediately and like sets the scene for the rest of it. Yeah. I do think that perfect penmanship is, it reminds me of American football. Mm. Like the, the way it opens, it feels like it could have been off the last American football record, which is no bad thing whatsoever. It's got that same very separate instrumentation, which like still does draw you in. And I've said that like, it, it's got a re- it's got really nice extra instrumentation. It's more complex. I think in terms of the arrangement than uh, Embracing Facts is Embracing Facts is a very intro track to a set kind of feel. Mm. Uh, you know, it's got that slightly out of tune piano. It's got, you know, a really nice external, it, almost orchestration of non-traditional band instruments. Mm-hmm. But still, in spite of that, for me, Embracing Facts does that very wordy, but very singable and very understand, like easy to understand narrative creating yeah that's that's what i think it is for me at least what what what's your immediate reaction to these two um i don't disagree i put embracing facts going forward i just wanted you to uh explain why of course no and i, I do want to make it clear i think prop is the best album but that's not going to mean that if proper comes up in the list it's, it's automatically going to go through yeah I, I'm, I'm very I'm, aware of avoiding bias yeah I, I went through this whole process being like pretty sure proper is my favorite record and then something from intersections will come through and i'll be like pretty sure intersections is the best record yeah 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 um i also have embracing facts going through i think Perfect Penmanship is a really good song on mm. figure and in the context of figure. Um, and interestingly enough, I think it's one of Evan's favorites from the latest record. Um, but sorry, pal, Bracing Facts is goat level and it's going through. Goat. goat. <laughs> Love that. All right, I'm putting that one through. Um, the next one uh, is interesting because it's like the battle of the album closes. So we have uh, the frames yeah. that used to greet me from Proper and A Light in the Trees from Figure. When I was speaking to Evan for some research onto this, I was explaining that these songs seem like they could have been written exactly the same time. Like you could have put A Light in the Trees at the end of Proper and the frames at the end of Figure. Um, and he was yeah. He likes to write a song to really like close off an album. Like an album closer is really important to him. So this is 2007 versus 2020. So written way back when, before the album even came out. Um, I'm leaning towards Trees. I think that's the better album closer. I think it's the more rounded song. I think they're in the context of the album, it weighs heavier than uh, proper. The Friends from Proper. Yeah, I th- I'm I'm actually on board with you. I think that the frames is a better song, but I think a light in the trees is a better closer. I think that the bigger, more immersive nature of a light in the trees is a more fitting end to the record. Let's say you swapped them over, the frames would feel weird on on figure, whereas light in the trees wouldn't feel weird on proper. Mm. Um, I think having that very immersive electronic element to it rather than just kind of a pure acoustic and vocal harmony, which is on the frames. Mm-hmm. I, I think that the actual melodies in frames are nicer, but I think that the presentation of Light in the Trees is better. Yeah. And I do think that across what, what listening through all of this has kind of shown me is that there's a lot of really, really nice 
tracks which fit the same bill as the frames that used to greet me and that they're like a voice an acoustic kind of really nice pattern thing yeah. uh, and then some kind of harmonies that's quite that that, that comes up a few times uh, across a couple of other tracks whereas i think the space that a lot of the trees occupies is quite unique so yeah, I think for that reason, I, I'd, I'd agree with you. I'd put Light in the Trees going through this round as well. Nice. What's also interesting for me is that whilst embarking on this project, it's really shown to me that a lot of these songs are are great on their own, but are even better in context of the album. Like, mm. you need to, like, listen to... I mean, obviously, you need to listen to albums in as pieces of art, but it seems like with the Into It, Over It, back catalogue there has been a real, real hard attempt to make sure that the album flows from track one to track 12. And even like thinking about how, what song you're flipping from side A to side B on a vinyl, and how the context of the album and the story of the album flows. So when you're putting two songs against each other from, you know, randomgenerator.org, it almost like, it really throws you off a little bit because you need to get into the mindset of each album individually and each song individually. It's, it's, it's odd. I mean, yeah, you're absolutely right. I do get the impression that none of these albums are 12 singles. Yeah. They're, they're, they're one big piece, you know? Um, yeah. And I think you're absolutely right. And that there's always been a great deal of attention paid to track listing and where it stops and where it starts and the dynamic range, you know, track to track, it's re- I, I really like it when an artist keeps something, keep, keeps a kind of like format consistent, you know, 12 towns, mm-hmm. proper intersections, standards and figure, they're all 12 tracks long, all roughly the same kind of uh, length. They've always got like a nice kind of opener. They've always got a really nice closer. They feel complete, you know, they, they, they all feel like complete pieces of work. So yeah, it did feel a bit weird chopping and screwing that because I'm so used to just putting it on as a record and listening to it as a record. So it's quite strange to not do that. But I think it does shine a bit of a light on, you know, the strength of each track individually in spite of it. They don't only work as part of an album, but they just work better as part of an album, I suppose. Yeah, and that's what we do anyway. So let's move on. Let's get to the next one. Yes, so next up we have New Northside Air versus Anesthetic. Two good songs again. Two good songs. Um, One great opener, though. Yeah, absolutely. I've written um, New Northside Air, basically the best album opener in into a Ritz back catalogue. Basically, a big thematic life update. It would seem. Yeah, it's like, hey guys, just checking in. This is what's been going on. Yeah, since the last time I saw you. It's it's yeah. It it feels very personal. I mean, all of this feels very personal. It feels quite autobiographical. But this 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 almost feels like when you're watching a show and the first two minutes where it's like previously on, (laughs) you're in exactly the right right space. So when you go onwards, you're not like, hang on a minute, I'm not, I'm not there. You're absolutely there with new Northside air in terms of the lyrics and the way the instrumentation has changed record to record and new kind of elements that weren't there before then other elements. So you you know where you are. Like I, I, I agree in that it's probably one of the best one of the best openers. Um, the only gripe I think I have about Intersections as a record is that in terms of its production, uh, it was a little bit more lo-fi, a little bit more raw sounding, which put me off a bit when I first listened to it. Like I think because I was a bit 
oh, it doesn't sound exactly as good as proper. I'm not really a big fan. No, no, no. When it first came out, I avoided it a little bit. As time's gone on, I've been able to appreciate it more for what the songs are. I do think, though, on repeat listens, it does stand out in terms of particularly the drums. Mm. They're a bit more sharp. They're a bit more... Um, not that they were ever super processed, but they're, they're, they're a bit more raw-sounding, which isn't a bad thing because they're still played great and written really well. But on, the, on this track, I remember like the first time I listened to it going like, this song is great. I just wish the drums sounded a bit different, but I'm willing to kind of say willing to, I'm able to separate that side of my brain from it now uh, because it's just great. It's just a great, it's a great opener. I mean, that said, Anesthetic does have really, really nice sound design. Like it's a better sounding song. Mm. Uh, there's, there's more like kind of that affected drum element to it and like guitars are quite chilled in a way which like brings it's at that point in that record which is bringing the dynamic down before you bring it back up again but yeah it's 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 new it's new north side air i think for me and like it sounds like it's new north side air for you as well oh yeah i'm 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 on i'm, I'm on that boat there's the interesting things about this matchup is that they are two albums next to each other, but recorded completely differently. So hmm. standards was recorded all to tape. So if you have the vinyl uh, copy of standards, you have that as it sounded when it was being mixed and mastered from tape hmm. to lacquer to vinyl. Um, and very, very true. Yeah. An absolute true form. And the, the, the mad simps in, at the beginning of it, that was very much placed in, to that part of the record because it's it's too it's it's a double LP so you're not just thinking oh okay this is A and B side you're thinking A B C D um, yeah. it's right towards the end so you've already flipped it and you're you're getting ready for like sort of a final sonic uh, ride um, and it was interesting that you said about the new Northside Air drums there's a there's a story that said that. Um, the idea behind the drums on intersections is that they wanted them to be quite big, but the drummer at the time was very much into the idea of just having big cymbals, thinking that that would elevate the sound of the drums when really what you should be doing from, from a recording point is have smaller cymbals. So it makes your drum kit sound bigger in context to the cymbals, but it was kind of like the opposite direction. So interesting little stories there. I'm more on new North side air. I like both songs. But yes, I'm in the same boat as you. Went on a bit of a rumble there. That's what this entire show is. (laughs) That should be celebrated. Um, Okay. Next up, we've got Who You Are is Not the Same as Where You Are Against Discretion and Depressing People. Again, it's an obvious one. Who You Are is, is one big build. Just builds, 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 builds. And yeah. discretion is just huge hit. So good. It's like <laughs> it takes it takes a very good song to get away with a, a woe that feels not corny as hell. Yeah, yeah. But in oh, this is yeah. like it's a good strong fist pump of a song. It's oh. so it's it, it pumps you up so good so good such a good pump up song. Yeah, so that was easy. Yeah. Yeah, dead easy. I, I can talk about that song for days. It's, yeah, it's discretion and depressing people. Next, we've got uh, Write It Right from Proper and Raw, Bar, OXB, OBX even, 
2002 from the Everyone Everywhere split. Just quick interjection. If you haven't listened to Everyone Everywhere, real good band. Um, I believe they released an album in 2011 as well. Very, very good. Um, over to you, Oscar. That's my well, we're not here to talk about them. Uh, oh, we want to talk about one band, one band only. That band is into it, over it. And that band wrote a song called Write It Right. And that song is fantastic. Yeah, that's, I mean, you're true. Raw, um, Raw Bar was taken from that that split, which I think is Evan's favourite split. Um, I'm just for gang vocals and a bit of slide guitar, which is on that. Um, I, think, I think that one is actually probably one of the most underrated tracks on a split on like yeah. discography. Because there was that period of time where like 2010 to, I don't know, like 2007 to 2012, where like every band in the world seemed to be doing split releases. And it was- a- Yeah, like really weird bands that you wouldn't have thought would do splits with each other. Like mm-hmm. bands that like each other, but you wouldn't necessarily go, yeah, I want those two bands on one thing. Like. Yeah. Who was the weird one that did split with Code Orange? It was a really like... Oh, there was that like four-way split with a bunch of odd bands. I can't remember that. But hey, we're not here to talk about that. Uh, Drifting dangerously off topic. Um, I really like Raw Bar OBX 2002. I'd hate the name Raw Bar OBX 2002. It's annoying. But it's one of those things that 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 really nice kind of gang vocally, bigger fish to fry, bit like that. It's really, it's, it's really nice. It's a, it's, it's a very, I think you're absolutely right, it's quite an underrated split, and that's an underrated track, which I don't think I'd actually even heard before I looked this out. I've been quite, quite stuck in the, uh, the canonical record space when it comes to it, over it just because there's so much of it. But it doesn't really hold a candle to the lyricism and the musicianship in Riot Right. Like, mm-hmm. It's just, it's one of those things that I find myself when I'm listening to it, I can't, I'm like torn between whether I'm going to like air drum to it because I've heard it so much and like I really love the drum writing across that record or if I'm going to like sing along to it because the lyrics are so good on that record. And I think this one in particular, like there's so much fun stuff which I would never think to write like, you're not just amused, you're also amusing. Like that stuff like that, it's just like really clever play on words which are not, look how many words I know. Mm. You know, there's a lot of that on this track and I, I just think that it's, um, I just think it's great. I just think it's great. It's going through. It's through. Don't worry about it. Write it right. Write it done. Write it down. Next up, we have Weep Phone Doors from Figure versus Wearing White from the Life is Suffering split, which actually came out with a book, which I have right there. Very good book. I love that. Very nice. For me, again, it's a pretty obvious choice which song's going through. I think wearing white is, is really cool. There's yeah. a lot of these songs that are on splits that I think people have, have just not discovered yet. From yeah, I've never heard this. And I think that really solidifies like a point in time in, in, into over its span. And it showcases a lot of that and a period of uncertainty, not knowing if this project was going to be, you know, a full band or even past this section. There's always seems to be in the early period of Into Orbit, like an uncertainty of if it was ever going to kick off. Like 52 Weeks was just a project after Evan had left another band, did that. And then afterwards it was like, oh, well, I guess we'll just write some more songs. Then Proper came out and, and we're here now, you know? 
so I kind of like that for that that interaction. Um, but mm-hmm. with Fur and Doors, it's just an absolute slammer. Yeah, was it the first single off the new album? E- no, I think it was the second. It was, I can't remember. It might, have been, it might have been the first one I heard. Maybe I can't remember. I think you sent me a link to it before it came out. But yeah, I, I, I think that the the how affirming this one is is kind of like hey what's up this is everything you can kind of this is what you can kind of expect from this record yes. it's like it's super bouncy super fun sounds great drums are brilliant the lo- the vocal harmonies sit beautifully like it's just it's just everything you want it's just everything you want from an into over it song and it's a, it's one of the highlights of the new record i would say place in exactly the right place it's nice and far down the track listing so you kind of go like oh there it is again like it's yeah it's a winner it's gone through there it is so we're on to the second half now. We've got Pontiac MI against Required Reading. Mm. Yes, we have. Pontiac's another ending tune. Um, I'm, I'm, I'm just going to call it how I say it. It's fine. It didn't really grab me. Of all of the tracks on the on 12 Towns 1, it's one of the more forgettable ones, if I'm being brutal yeah which is interesting because it's one of evan's favorite songs at the time apparently according to interviews and the man himself i mean no one's no one's gonna know the project better than the man but at the same time as a listener i feel like this track does stuff that plenty of other tracks do not in quite as interesting a way yeah and required reading is is probably one of the best records off um off the album so off standards in my opinion yeah i i think it's it's a really unique approach to writing, like in terms of the, the, the construction of it and dynamic of it. It's one of those things that I never would have thought to put a song together in that way, but like the sound design is gorgeous and the way that it builds and drops is gorgeous as well. Like it's, yeah, it's, it's, a, it's a clear victory in my eyes. It's gone through. Whoom, whoom, whoom. Next one after that, we have a pair of matching taxi rides from Intersection, Intersections versus Staring at the Ceiling from Proper. So like either our randomgenerator.org has thrown out ideal song matchups or basically the Into Over It back catalogue is like incredibly consistently good it's one of my favorite things about this project is is there's not a dud album there's not like a collection of songs i don't care about yeah i mean if if i'm being if i'm being honest of all of them 12 towns is the one i'm least likely to listen to beginning to end but that's there's still so much good material across it it's not like okay that's not there's no point listening to it Mm. but i definitely think the the next three four the next four records are all just like chock full of goodness it's difficult because a pair of matching taxi rides is it has more of that kind of midwest emo twinkly almost kind of like uk math rock flavor to it like the verses sound like they could have been off the first ttng record it's very you know bouncy like tappy hammery kind of guitar parts you know showing that the actual writing is very smart but in a way which plays up everything else really nicely and it kind of takes a place into jumps into the chorus in a way which isn't necessarily where you think it would go. It's almost like a bit darker sounding. It's not super boppy and happy like a lot of the stuff is. But it's um, 
it, against these two, I would say, and it's it's another proper one, uh, staring at the ceiling, gets in and gets out in such like a punchy way. Like it says everything it needs to say in under two minutes. It's probably one of my favorite ones off the whole album. Mm. It's like one of the most heavy kind of ones because it's, it's just got those like big open, like that's just, it's so powerful. I think one of the notes I made about wearing white, which is another kind of like heavy instrumental one is that it's got really nice. It's got a really nice build to it, but it's over before it gets going. Whereas I think with staring at the ceiling, it's in, it's out, it's there. And like, you don't need it to be any longer. You don't need it to be any more complex. It just does everything it needs to do. And it breaks up that album so nicely because it's just a big hit. It's a big hit. It's got a replay factor. Big replay factor. Yeah, you get to the end and go, no, I'll go for another one. That was only one minute 50 or whatever it was. Yeah, it's got got a replay factor where I think um, Pair of Matching Taxi Rides doesn't in that case. Um, I always, I always felt that like a pair of matching taxi rides didn't feel like it should have been on intersections, um, which was interesting from talking to Evan. He said that it was the first song that they'd created for intersections. And I always thought it sounded like a little, like I always thought in context of the album, it sounded like, like the, the left field song where maybe they haven't figured out the, the style that they're trying to write or what they're trying to achieve on the album. It sounds like it would have been track 13 on a deluxe edition of this album. Uh. <laughs> like it's obviously still that it's obviously still part of it, but it's, it's not one of my favorites on that album um, where staring at the ceiling, like you said, Whew. chef kiss, chef kiss on that one, certified chef kiss on that one. It's going straight through. It's going through. Next up is one that I found hardest but then I remembered it's not hard. It's no EQ versus Connecticut Steps. It's got to be no EQ, right? No, absolutely. I was really apprehensive what you were going to say there, and I thought I'd have to... On the surface, I was like, oh, I love Connecticut Steps. It's such a lovely song. I'm like, hang on a minute. No EQ is the best track on standards. What, yeah. why, why would it... It's like, why would I even pretend? It's so, so good. We're going to talk about it plenty later on. Like, Put it through. Cool, good. Thank God for that. Connecticut Steps is just your little, you know, your little midpoint proper. It's your little, it's your little chill. There it is. Yeah, exactly. yeah, yeah. It's, take a breather. It's all good. But no EQ is it's so good. So, so good. Moving on. Uh, moving on, we have got uh, OCD from Intersections versus Bible Black from Standards. Kill the lights in your apartment. Bible Black is like, it, it, I think this is like the first traumatic references, reference to religion in the Into It Over It discography. But it's like tinged with such a bizarre juxtaposition between religion and substance abuse. Like it's it's a really deep song. Hmm. Um, like the, the lyrics to that song are, are, are really good and really, really paints a picture that I didn't think I would have in the Into It nice. discography. It's it's powerful, and I think that's really assisted by how warm and vintage and analog everything sounds. Like everything sounds quite, even the kind of acoustic in the background sounds very fuzzy and muffled. Like this track sounds like it was recorded in a log cabin, and I love that. Like it's really, it, it, it feels very stripped back. It feels very simple, but at the same time, it's got those really odd, like 
drums falling down the stairs mm. kind of sound towards the end, which is quite an alien thing in what's otherwise been quite an analog-sounding track. Mm. It's very unique-sounding, and I think that really makes you focus in on the subject matter. Yeah, I, I, I love this track. It's, um, it's odd but exciting, that's what I wrote. Do you like it more than OCD? Yes. Whoa, it's the first one we disagree on then. I, I just think that I like it more than OCD because it's a very nice song. It's got really nice gang vocals in it. It's got really nice extra instruments in it. Mm-hmm. It's got quite a triumphant, like almost marching band type feel to it. Yeah. It's just not, it's not particularly memorable to me. OCD that is. Yes. I mean, you've written, you've, you've said all the things that I've written down as to why I like it. Um, there's a lot of nice instrumentation. There's like an expansive and creative beat. There's lots of that on this rec- on on intersections. Um, yeah, really like pushed the kind of approach to drum writing across the album. When you listen back to it, it's very the rhythmic element to this band is very kind of ah. I don't think I would have ever thought to do that. That's really and that's really consistent. Even if the drum is changing and the production is changing, that's really consistent across all of it. Mm. Which I like. I've got no major argument as to why OCD should beat uh, Bible Black. So I don't think either one of those two songs wins. So I'm going to let you take yours through. Okay, that's cool. And I think that's what it comes down to. Like, it, I, I agree with you. I don't think either of these songs have the sticking power. Like, neither one of them was an immediate, well, it's obviously that one, which we've had already several times. And oh, we've still got a whole other series of brackets to go through before we get to the clear winner. So yeah. it's, hard to, it's, it's hard to argue with. They're both good songs in their own way. But I, I, I yeah, if, if you're willing to let Fiber Black go through, that's all good. Makes no odds to me. I'm yeah. willing to gain some clout for later in case I need it. Sure, yeah. Cash that shit later on as and when you may need it. Next up we have Old Lace and Ivory from Standards versus Dressing Down, Addressing You from Figure. I think my, my, my only, say my only, my fundamental gripe with Old Lace and Ivory is that it falls into the category of being one of the more very ambient, very laid back songs, which he does really well. Voice and instrumentation works great for, but it does blend into a part of the sound that is done across other things. I think this is, this is one of the only kind of criticisms I'll have of any kind of track is that it sounds a bit like one of the other tracks that does the same kind of thing. Mm. And um, the, the reason of that is because this song was originally not supposed to be on this album. It was supposed to be on a, on a polyvinyl seven inch split. Um, but interestingly, this song from, from what I read, Evan didn't think it had the best release that it deserved. So it's, it's been a complete rework with a whole new bunch of instrumentation, complete different re-record and then put on to this album. But I am with you in this one. I think Standards is an album that I think you have to like really sit down and listen to. You have yeah. to you have to really be in the right mindset to listen to that album. And if you're just putting it on for like a bit of side hustle while you're doing some work or cleaning the flat or whatever, like you're going to miss songs. You're going to miss things. I've never heard anyone describe listening to an album as a side hustle. It's a side hustle. Okay, it's what I do. I your other task. I love that. That's so good. <laughs> it's, um, my, it's my other. It's my other way to make money. Listening to albums. Um, yeah, yeah, I mean that's the dream. Um, I think yeah, it's it's 
where it is on the album, it fits perfectly on standard, doesn't listen. Yeah. But as a track on its own, it's just a bit too laid back for me, uh, particularly to stand out. Because like, if you put this against um, The Frames That Used to Greet Me, for instance, another laid back song, but The Frames is a better track than this. It just is. Yeah. I- I'd say there's more to it that you can pull on. Doesn't detract from how nice the song is, but I think when you put it up against Dressing Down, Dressing You, yeah, it's a no-brainer. I mean, like, the dynamic the separation between everything, the very kind of clear space that every instrument occupies mm-hmm. combined with, well, sorry, oh yeah, I wrote down um, the lyrics in this one particularly stood out in a very kind of verbose back catalogue. Mm-hmm. Like things in particular, like truth be told, I'm a bundle of nerves, a sleeper alert, my first words failing like they're my first words. Like this is a band that you could just kind of close your eyes and throw a dart at and get something you'd be willing to tattoo on yourself, you know? Yeah, there's a lot of good lyrics in this. uh, um, A lot of good ones. Love the kind of rolling on over the beat kind of rhythm. The meter is really interesting. It isn't, for for someone that's putting most of these, well, if not all of the song construction together, the lyrics existing presumably separate is is like a voice note or a note on a phone or whatever else like that, and then turning that into something to put on top of a song it's not a conventional place that you might think to put them, but it always sits really nicely and rolls along in a very pleasant way. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, it's that the thing which drew me to into over it from the start was the kind of very intelligent on the nose, witty lyricism. Yeah. You know, I, <laughs> I, can, I, I can never work out which one of them in a song, which has got so much dense words in it, words, uh, how you even begin to, choose which one of those is going to be the title of the song because a lot of them don't repeat um but yeah this this track is a real it's a real highlight of figure yeah absolutely uh, i, I think me, it really, really really brings you in yeah just it's just great it's just great it's great it's going through um <laughs> go, using that tangent of lyrics and going straight through to the next one which is fortunate friend friends from proper versus anchor originally from 52 weeks but on life is suffering. The the lyrics were always the last thing that was recorded and written, according to him. Um, for the whole of proper, it was get the instrumentation down and the lyrics were not even created by the time they were in the studio. So through all the albums, he said that they've always tried to... Be- be better at recording and, and use the recording as like a whole new way to experience music and experience the project. So that's why each record is such a vastly different recording process, but the lyrics have always been the thing that Evan has focused on towards the end of recording. So even though we've spoken about how great the lyrics are on dressing down, dressing you and how great the lyrics are on fortunate friends, um, and like mm. my opinion, possible contender for like the entire bracket. The lyrics are so good in that song, but it's weird when you think that they were like the last thing to be created. They work that so is, well. <laughs> Yeah, they're, they're, they're so good. Like rather, I'd rather spend my time, my focus and peace of mind, like that whole section there, the fact that that's an afterthought effectively is mad to me because that's the kind of thing that I would write down and go, fucking hell, that's sick. Got to write a song to put that in it. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah, I think we're both on the same page with this one. Fortunate Friends is probably one of the best tracks on proper, probably one of the best tracks in the catalogue. It's just, it's, it's, I can't find anything negative to say about it. 
no. other, than, other than it's not longer. I can't listen to it for longer. It's just, yeah, it's, it's, it's really, really well put together. Which is <laughs> it's strange that it's up against Anchor, which has been credited for like the whole reason why Into It Over It was more than... Yeah, yeah. I mean, we've had this discussion before about whether, you know, it's like never meant, you know, it does the fact that it has led to other things being able to happen, give it a free pass. If without this, it wouldn't be, no, yes, without things like Anchor, Into It Over It in the way that it currently exists might not be the same or even exist at all. But the strength of your origin story doesn't Mm. necessarily outdo what it then becomes and evolves into. And I think the, the, the honing of the craft and the focusing of what the Into It Over It thing is into something as streamlined and impressive as fortunate friends is just it's hard to it's hard to be that said anchor's a very nice song it's the kind of song you definitely pay attention to at like an open mic if someone started playing that you'd be like oh shit this is really cool (laughs) oh we've got a real musician here oh shit it's like someone's not just doing you know a bob dylan cover this is actually this is this is really legit someone's put some real time into this but for me it ain't being, it ain't being fortunate friends. No. Unfortunately, it's not fortunate. Enough. Put the joke together yourself. It's in there. And if you listen to our American football one, you know that we don't care about origin stories and never meant was binned off in the first round. So Anchor, unfortunately, <laughs> is about to go the same way as that. If Anchor was your first dance at your wedding or the song you discovered your love for music for, we're sorry. But yeah, it's not, it's not, it doesn't have as many riffs in it. So, and riffs are king. Um, riffs are king. I think the last two are going to be quite conclusive. Next up, we have an evening with Ramsey Bayer versus Billings MT. Proper versus Twelve Towns. I think Ramsey walks that one quite quickly. Sure. The Billings is another song it's fine on 12 towns um and it's apparently about nearly getting beaten up over pickled pig's feet i mean we've all been there we've all been there it's a funny story but i'm pretty sure you're with me in putting ramsey through yeah um i'm i've listened to this song hundreds of times and i still can't get my head around why one of his assets he lists is an old bike seat yeah what's that like who who counts that as a thing that they have to offer but i still of all of the lyrics in this album which is full of profound you know metaphors and visual imagery that's the line which always sticks out to me like i don't have much to offer besides an old bike seat and some bad advice i'm like what are you talking about that's crazy i love that it's great lyrics also the song's really um yeah ramsey goes through next one he goes through we have uh, Curse Worth Believing from Intersections and then another 12 towns, uh, West Vo- Westmont, New Jersey. The only interesting thing I know about Westmont was that it's uh, One Take Wonder. It was written, recorded and performed in a basement and Evan thinks he's never ever going to be able to play it better than that. That's nice. I mean... My, my notes for this one were a very nice acoustic song. <laughs> that's all I had to say about it because that's what it is. It's a very nice acoustic song. However, 
got kind of unfair competition. I think Curse Worth Believing is one of the, I want to say almost like ambitious, like mm. constructions of a song that particularly up until this, at this point in, in the career of the band, uh, it's just, it's, it's so unexpected in the album, the kind of that full minute effectively of feedback that kind of builds down into this huge soaring thing that is the last thing when I was listening to proper that I would have expected the next body of work to have included. Yeah. It's, it's, it's amazing. It's one of my, yeah, it, it, Easily one of my favourite Into Overit songs, full stop. Um, it would be criminal not to put it through. Yeah. I think that's what keeps people coming back because considering between the albums, there's such big growth musically and artistically. Mm. Um, and this is one of those examples as an artist, like maybe growing more into an established artist, thinking that song structures don't need to follow conformative methods, just, just going with it and having fun with it. And this song... Yeah. This song does that, so it's going through. There it goes. It's going through. All right. That brings us to the end of round one. As a recap, uh, we've got Spatial Exploration, A Left Turn, dot, 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 Embracing Facts, Light in the Trees, New Northside Air, Discretion and Depressing People, Write It Right, We Prefer Indoors, Required Reading, Staring at the Ceiling, No EQ, Bible Black, Dressing Down slash Dressing You, Fortunate Friends, An Evening with Ramsey Byer, and A Curse Worth Believing. Now that's just a mm, delicious collection of songs to take into the semi-finals or quarter-finals or whichever one it is. Wherever we're at. Okay, we've now got Spatial Exploration from Intersections versus A Left Turn at Best Intentions from Figure. It's a difficult immediate matchup just because the tracks which do two, which do two very different things. Uh, spatial exploration makes me feel like I'm riding down a rainy street and a left turn at best intentions makes me feel like I'm gently swaying in a hammock. <laughs> both good experiences, both yeah, experiences yeah. I enjoy, but which one do I think has the staying power to get through to the end? Being honest, I don't think either one's going to make it through to the end. Mm, interesting. That's, that's just my, my harsh truth, two cents on the matter. However, if I'm picking one for what I like into it over it doing the most, it would be spatial exploration, I think, because it's got a bit more energy behind it. It's got a bit more drive behind it. It's a bit bouncier. That, to me, is the one that stands out. What do you think? Uh, yes. Is that guess or yes? Yes. Okay, good. All right, cool. Well, no sense in over-milking over that particular cow. Uh, <laughs> it, it, it'll be spatial exploration, then, I guess, even though I still can't seem to say it properly. No, I, it's one of those ones that I keep having to look at and make sure I'm saying it correctly. But yeah, yeah. That, it's the one that does what I want out of that matchup. Yeah. However, left turn, like I said, lovely time swaying in a hammock. It's a very chilled song. Very nice. It's, it's, it's a lovely song to relax to. Would, would work perfectly in a chill playlist, you know? Yeah. <laughs> Everyone's got a playlist that's just called Chill. That would be a great track to put in there. Just chuck it in there. Just chuck it in there, but don't chuck it in the bracket because spatial exploration is there. I hope for not too much longer because I like being able to say the names of the tracks. Moving on, we have Embracing Facts from Proper Up Against A Light in the Trees from Figure. Yeah, again, I think 
we we always seem to talk quite a lot in the first brackets and it seems to get a lot quicker when it gets down to the nitty gritty. I think Embracing Facts is a better song than Light and Trees. Light and the Trees is still a good song, but like we said before, Embracing Fact is just like, go level. I think it's like the song that got people into proper, yep. the opening track. Yep. Like my intentions on this song are, it's great. It holds a lot of weight. It's just, it's very good. And I think it's, so far, I think it's had a very easy route. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, if, if we'll see how easy it does when it's up against the other heavy hitters, because I know on the right hand side of the bracket, we got some real, real heavy hitters on that side. So I'll be interested to see how it pairs up against those when it gets further on. But for the time being, absolutely. It's, as you said, it's the song which gets you in the mood for proper. Yeah. It's, it's a wonderful opener. It still works on its own. It's just, yeah, it's just great. Like, but equally, you know, Light in the Trees, very good song, figure, very good record, but Embracing Facts is just like, okay, let's, let's get it. Here we go. Here we go. Cool. All right. So that one's going to go through. Yes, it is. Next up, we have New Northside Air from Intersections up against Discretion and Depressing People from Proper. This was a bit more difficult, I think. Yeah. Um, I think New Northside Air is one of the best Into Over It songs. Um, I think the lyrics are really good. And I think it really holds a lot of weight even now. Um, and I think there are better songs on proper than discretion and depressing people. I agree. I agree with both points. Um, there are better songs on proper and there aren't many better songs on intersections. And that's like a real, there's a real heavyweight on intersections. It's yeah. It, it's, it's a, it's a bloody flex and a half yeah. to kick things off with that much in the same way that embracing facts is a, is a flex and a half to kick that album off. Mm-hmm. This is exactly the same. And for that reason, yeah, I, I think that there are other songs which, which are better on proper or do what discretion does better on proper. Yeah. Cool. It's good. It's wow. going to have to be new Northside there. Flying through it at this point in time. Uh, we're getting through it. Uh, next up we have write it right from proper versus we prefer indoors from bigger. Now we're getting a little bit tricky. This is yeah. This this one isn't isn't as cut and dry. I don't think. Um, I I did a, a a quick bracket before this started, and there is a couple of points where I had various ones going through at different times, and both these songs for me went through and went quite far in my bracket. Um, yeah. And I think from looking down on it a little bit more with a artistic eye and what I prefer and what I'm enjoying at the moment I think for me We Prefer Indoors goes through this is just like it gives me that like techie guitar line that little that little riff that little run riff in the in the in the verses is just like how do you yeah like it's great it's so good that's been stuck in my head for months I think when I first heard this song in the context of the album I was just like fell in love with it straight away I think even when it came out as a single, I was like, I think a lot of people are going to be like, fuck yeah. We've we got some riffs back into, into it over it. Um, yeah. And it, it's just great. Like it's, it's a whole song that's like, sounds really confident in itself. It's almost like rediscovering something that Evan didn't have for a while. It's very like confident in itself. It's like, it, does, it doesn't really care 
it feels like it doesn't really care about about how it's created or how old the people are creating this music. Like it's it's fun, it's carefree, it's very good. Where right here, right is still all of those things, but a completely different end of the spectrum. Um, yeah. I, my favorite lyric in that is like, I'm surrounded by martyrs, a new, an unknown group of famous authors. Like it's so, it waxes poetical over it. Um, yeah. Yeah. I, I like the, I like the, how comfortably it kind of pokes fun at <laughs> what I think would make up a significant amount of the into it over it fan base of kind of like super, you know, pretentious sounding people who are like, Oh yeah, I really like it for this kind of thing. Yeah. Very kind of like hipstery or whatever else like that going like, it's fucking lame to take yourself that seriously. Just don't. And like that same attitude does come across that kind of confidence of like, don't be so serious does come across it in both. But yeah, I think we prefer indoors has that self-assuredness that has that ease of yeah. expressing that emotion. Um, yeah, it feels, you know, again, coming back to the American football episode we'd, we'd listened to, album two for that band felt like it was necessary to find the place of album three. Mm. I think the, the breeziness of We Prefer Indoors comes from it having been, the foundation having been laid with songs like Right or Right, which are like bouncy and stoppy starty. Mm. But of the two, We Prefer Indoors has a bit more of a triumphant feel to it. I think, I, yeah, I, I think we're on the same page here. I think We Prefer Indoors edges it on this one. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, Figure was almost not even created. Like, it was very much a labour of love and a labour of finding love with writing music again. So for that, uh, mm. it's it holds a lot of weight. I think it's very good. Yeah, uh, We Prefer Indoors. Yeah, We Prefer Indoors. I think for, you know, because obviously outside of Into It Over, Evan's got a bunch of other projects that he lends himself to. And there's a lot of that kind of jangly, bouncy sound that is kind of on some of the There, There, There records. You can hear that influence Mm -hmm. in part on this kind of thing. And it's that kind of something repeating in a technical way and other stuff propping it up and allowing it to exist when it comes to the instrumentation mm. is something which I really liked about there, there, there. Cause it's very like tappy twiddly stuff on guitar and Evan was obviously playing bass in that band. And so the foundation, the way the song is constructed is slightly different bringing those things into this and still keeping it very true to a, into an over it record. It feels very honest. It feels very fun. It feels very free. And I like that. Give that man a riff. Give that man a riff. And there it is. <laughs> and there we go. Onto the right hand side, just speeding through this, chopping through it. I love it. We have required reading from standards up against staring at the ceiling from proper. Again, I, I think it's, it's tough because, much like one of the earlier matchups, these two tracks are very different in terms of what they achieve as a song. Because staring at the ceiling is such a get up and go, it's over before you even know it, but, you know, gets in, gets out, gets the job done. And required reading is a lot more kind of, it's a lot lot more fleshed out, I think. But 
at its, at its core, you put those two songs in front of me, I want to listen to Staring at the Ceiling. That's, that's, my, that's my instinct. Yeah, I, I think you got to the, I, got, I think you got where you were trying to go <laughs> a lot quicker than you were trying to. But yeah, I'm, uh, I'm, I actually I'm, realized in the middle of talking about it, I was like, hang on a minute, I want to listen to this one more. That's what this, that's what this entire conversation is about. Which one do you want to listen to more? It's Staring at the Ceiling. Yeah, it's Staring at the Ceiling. It's, it's awesome. Um, I got nothing more. I have nothing. I love it. Okay, cool. Um, this is going to be another quick one. I think no EQ versus Bible Black. It's no EQ, right? Yeah, it's no EQ. It's no EQ. I, I even if OCD had gone through, no EQ would have smashed it. So yeah, yeah, um, yeah. It's, fine. it's just it's one of the songs in the in the catalog which I just cannot physically stop myself from smiling when I hear when I hear it. It is it's the word feel good is thrown around quite a lot when it comes to the way a track is described. This is genuine, honest to goodness, the most feel good track I think into whatever it has. It's so yeah, it's so energizing. Yeah, absolutely. I mean like it's I've thought about that drum beat for years at this point. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Whole thing gets your head going. It brings like a whole level of urgency to it. And it really, it really boosts the chorus, which I should point out the choruses don't even repeat on that, on no EQ. There's no repeat. I love that. love when a band does that. I love it when a band changes things up slightly because there's still more they have to say. Yeah. It's more of a musical chorus. Like the music repeats, but the lyrics don't. I don't even think the melody repeats. Um, it, it, it varies. Like it's, it's, it's a build. It's constantly evolving. Like yeah. it's, you know, I don't want to become too sycophantic and say how intelligent he is too much, but like this is a smart-ass song done in a really engaging and pleasant way. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, the lyrics are great as well, and we haven't even mm-hmm. we haven't even touched on that. So we'll get there. It's good. We'll get there. It is a good song. The end. The end. Moving on, we have uh, dressing down slash addressing you versus fortunate friends. I, again, I really don't just like default to the song that's on proper. But top of my head, I reckon it's got. I, I reckon it's got more to it. Yeah. Do you think the proper songs have had a pretty easy, easy go at this so far, or do, or are yeah. they that good? I just. Uh, I, I think they're that good. It's hard to know. But I, I did try and randomise the entire list so much more because there's so many more tracks we're working with. Mm. Um, I think that this particular, this whole set of brackets has more proper songs in it than the next one. Yeah. So okay. it's quite proper heavy this round. Um, yeah. Some of the big hitters of proper obviously are absent in this, which will be present in the next the next episode we do. Mm. But um, I do think that, yeah, part of me looks at that and goes, well, it's, it's the one from proper, yeah. even though I wrote more for the other one. We'll hear from the man himself quite a bit, but the... Fortunate Friends and uh, Dressing Down are two of his personal favourites from the albums. Mm. Who could blame him? They're both great. They're both riffs. I mean, the man himself wrote them, so good for him. Um, I would also say that Fortunate Friends is, is the better of the two, just based on the matchup, what I want to listen to. What I'm going to listen to more, what, what I want is... Yes. And the kind of progression, you know, you talked about in the last one about the chorus is not being the same end to end. Like the way that the verses lyrics repeat, mm. saw you leaving early and you showed up late. 
when that repeats from verse one to verse two, but the way that the instrumentation changes, which completely alters the way that you are hearing it, mm. it's just, that's inspired. That's rather than a kind of like a snare roll type things, so like a really big full thing in the second verse and the stops and all that kind of stuff, which makes you just re it makes you hear it in a different way. Mm. I love it when a band can do that rather than just copying and pasting. Here's the verse. I liked it so much. I'm going to do the same verse again. It just feels lazy. Whereas this is everything, everything, but yeah, absolutely. Sling it on through. Slung. Consider it slung. Fortunate friends. You have fortunate end. I don't know. <laughs> uh, <laughs> you have the final bracket in quarterfinals. We got an evening with Ramsey Byer versus a curse worth believing. Yeah, it, it's another it's another tough one. Um, Evening with Ramsey was the first song that was written for proper, um, which in my mind has an interesting it's an interesting thing to think about. Um, I don't know if it's the best song on proper. It's not my favourite song of the discography. Um, but then, a curse worth believing is. I think I see again, I've tossed and turned with this before. I think a curse worth believing might just pip it for me because of how, how it shows the growth between yeah. and intersections. But then again, I could toss a coin and be happy with either one. I think that when it comes to the actual instrumentation of the two, all the tracks on proper are analog, let's say in that it's all, the sound of a band in a room. Like there's, there, there's not a great deal of, if any, extreme uh, extra instrumentation. It's all guitars, bass, drums, voice with some harmonies and some overdubs, etc. And to that end, an evening Ramsey Byer, much as it is an absolute stormer, sonically is more familiar when, when you put it up against the other tracks on proper. A curse worth believing, if that was on, you know, if you swap the albums that these tracks are on, uh, and even Ramsey Byer would fit in on intersections. Whereas if you put a curse worth believing on proper, it'd be like, like what? What's this yeah. doing here? That's yeah. really weird. That's, that sounds, that sounds super out of place with everything else because it's so odd in the way that it, it, it's put together. Um, you know, the bravery of having that much of a build and, a kind of, as, as you said, a, a non-traditional song structure in an album which has other parts which adhere to more traditional kind of Midwest emo slash alternative rock kind of roots and fundamentals is, is just that it's a brave thing to do. But because it's done in such an interesting way, you're engaged. It doesn't feel like it's trying too hard. It feels very natural. So yeah. I, I think for that reason, it does just, it does just pip it. Um, in terms of having a kind of interesting counterpoint to the other tracks, which just looking at this other side of the bracket, you've got staring at the ceiling, no EQ, fortunate friends. Yeah. Having a curse worth believing shakes that side up a little bit. And I'm all for that. Me too. Cool. Me too. Oh, yeah. love that. <laughs> I, uh, I think you're right. It does shake it up a little bit. It's a very intelligent song and it, mm. it deserves it. It bloody deserves it. It's worked hard all its life down in the rift mine. Yeah. Now it's time to just relax. This is peacetime. 
Yeah. Okay. So moving on, we have uh, how many songs do we have left? Two, four, six, eight songs left of this bracket. We four. have Spatial Exploration, Embracing Facts, New North Side Air, We Prefer Indoors, Staring at the Ceiling, No EQ, Fortunate Friends, and A Curse Worth Believing. Now, hell of a set. Hell of a set. That is a great set. So just for people listening, we have three songs from intersections we have three songs from proper one song from figure and one song from standards left so and, and that may feel like an unfair matchup but as i said there's less proper in bracket 6b which is the second half of this so we should have a more even split for the other records when we get onto that one but that's interesting because I didn't initially think that that many songs from Intersections would get further. I, I thought more songs from Standards and Figure would get through. Mm. Yeah, I, I was sort of in the same mindset. I do bloody love Intersections though. So mm. let's just rip this plaster off and get on with it. So we've got yeah. um, <laughs> Spatial Explorations from Intersections versus Embr- Embracing Facts from Proper. I'm going to say it's embracing facts again. You, see, I was going to say spatial exploration. I was going to just come out and say it straight away. I think spatial exploration is probably one of the best into over songs. And I think embracing facts, yes, it is a very good song. And yes, it does give me the context of what I'm after in the album proper. Mm. I think, look, it's a minute 55. It gives me what I want. Yeah, cool. It builds up into proper and I go yes, here I go, I'm going into proper, I'm very excited, but Spatial Exploration feels like a song, not an intro. I agree. I, I, think, I, I think I need to stop listening to the song in terms of, because basically Embracing Facts is the part A of Discretion and, uh, discretion and Depressing People of part mm-hmm. B. Because mm-hmm. if you put those two songs together, you've got five minutes of audio and that's like one long intro song. Like the first, that's effectively the first track on the album because it so brilliantly comes out of Embracing Facts into that. I think, yeah, I, I think if you can't, I, I don't think I'd put Embracing Facts on on its own. No, exactly. That's, that's where I'm at with it. Yeah, I, it gets me I, going. I, I, want, I want what's next. But. Yeah, whereas Spatial Exploration does actually do that as a, okay, look, this, 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 is, the, <laughs> this is the album. Just, yeah. <laughs> we're in. Have a okay, one. yeah. I, I'd say spatial exploration in that case is a better one to put through That's because the game. it does, doesn't require context. Good. Well, thank goodness for that. Right. Next up, <laughs> Northside Air versus We Prefer Indoors. I mean, I know where I'm going with it. Do you want me to... I know where I'm going with it. I wonder if it's the same place. Uh, I'm why, gonna... <laughs> why don't I tell you which of the two songs I prefer? Uh, How about that? um yeah it's we prefer indoors i think yeah i'm 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 with you on that one as well i think that one's such a good song i think for what i've said previously it's really confident about itself i love new north side air i think it's a a very good song and i think it's Mm. worthy of being where it is um absolutely we prefer indoors just has i just can't get away from that riff i really can't yeah yeah it's very 
it's cocky, but in a way that's endearing. Yeah, absolutely. That was very easy. I thought that would be a little bit harder, but... It's, again, whenever it's easy, all that does is speak to the strength of the song in question. Yeah, absolutely. I'm on board. Right. Uh, on to the second half. <laughs> Where it gets a little bit more confusing. Yeah. Staring at the ceiling versus no EQ. This is a really difficult matchup. I don't like it. No, I don't like it at all either. The, these two songs are musically very good, lyrically yep. very good, structurally yep. very good. Yep. Uh, either, one, either one could win, as far as I'm concerned. Either one, I, I would quite happily say, because when I was, before I actually started filling this out, I actually, this is the first episode where I haven't done a precursory bracket because there's so much of it. I'm a I just haven't done it at all. So I haven't, I haven't got a pre-existing one, but when I was listening through it, before I started listening through everything, I went, I don't know what my favorite song is. And then when I got to both of these respectively, when listening through the albums, I went, oh, it might be this one. This actually might be my favorite into an over song. Both of these, when I was listening through each album they come from, I thought this might be the one. And now they're up against each other. I don't really know. I've see, I've done the legwork because I'm professional. Um, and all right. Okay. <laughs> Okay, all right, showing off. All right, all right, uh, big man. At this point, I started matching what I believe are the final four in this one against what I believe the final four in the second episode are going to be. Mm. I'm trying to see if this was another way around, would no AQ survive up until the final four in the, la- in, the, in the second episode? Would Staring at the Ceiling do the same? And interestingly, if both of these songs were in the second episode they would get through to exactly this point again. And if they were the other song against what I have in the second episode, they would probably not be it. Right. So for that... That's interesting because I don't know, I, I don't know exactly. which one you're referring to. It's so ambiguous and people will probably skip over that. I have no EQ walking through. I won't. I wouldn't describe it as a walk, but I do also think that no EQ is. I think just to the virtue of it being longer, I think it's difficult because one of the best things about staring at the ceiling is that how short it is. Yeah. But equally, one of the best things about no EQ when put up against it is that because it's longer and there can be more of a dynamic narrative, there's more to there's more to hold on to. Yeah. Um, yeah, I, I think that when Standards came out, No EQ was an immediate standout for me. It was, it was, it was an immediate, that's, it's, that's yes. fucking like pinnacle into our, that is peak into it over it, songwriting, like it does literally everything I wanted to do. Mm. I thought exactly the same thing about Staring at the Ceiling, but two albums on from Staring at the Ceiling, it still grabs you in that kind of way and, stands in my opinion head and shoulders over the other tracks mm. on that record not because they're bad but because this song is that good yeah staring at the ceiling is like a gut punch of like a bam what's up in and out next track let's go whereas no eq is triumphant and i think it's going to be triumphant in this matchup but i don't want to call it a walk because that implies that it's it's vastly better it's just a bit better just a bit yeah i <laughs> I think they both they both do the same things just at very different times in his life and musical career. Uh, yeah, and I think yeah, so. I think No EQ 
yeah, just slightly does it better. Just slightly, you know, the little is a little less monologue, a little less anxious, and I think a little bit more sure of itself. And I think that's why it's better. Cool. Well, there it goes. No EQ into the semi-finals. Oh my god, it's exciting. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> then finally, yeah. We have fortunate friends from proper up against a curse worth believing from intersections. I, for me, it's fortunate friends because I think it's like the DIY anthem. I think everyone can relate to this song probably more than a curse worth believing, like about shitty people who only care about themselves, but then also trying to better yourself in a scene. Maybe that's something that doesn't really happen nowadays because no one can go outside to a gig, but I think a lot of people will resonate with fortunate friends over a curse worth believing for years I think, I think you're absolutely right and i'm on exactly the same page fuck yeah despite the fact that the first time not the first time but one of the first times i ever listened to a curse worth believing it was like a kind of semi-religious experience almost because i think i'd like come back from when i was at university like a super heavy night out Mm. I was kind of like lying in bed and like the whole world was spinning. I was like, I'm not going to sleep yet. I'm just going to put some music on and just like relax a bit. Just kind of like, and then I think I put just like hit, hit the old iTunes, hit the old shuffle on iTunes. This is the first one that came up. I was kind of lying there while the whole world and room was spinning and just like mentally imagining like all the elements of this song, like stacking up on top of each other Mm. and like building this big, uh, abstract structure. I was there going like, fucking hell. Oh my God, this is crazy. I'm, I'm, this is incredible. This is the best thing I've ever heard to the point where after that, I didn't listen to the song for months because I went, I need to just allow that to, to, to disperse yeah. and then come yeah. back to it. And in spite of that, and I still kind of you know, remember the way that felt when I listened to it. Now, in spite of that, fortunate friends is more anthemic. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Absolutely. So that's why I agree. And it's going to go through. Okay, well, interestingly enough, and I kind of think this is 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 really good. The the final four we have uh, spatial explorations from intersections versus fur mm. doors from figure, and no EQ from standards versus fortunate friends from proper. We have one of each album. Oh, I love that! It's like the Power Rangers. <laughs> they all do different things better all, than the others. They all do different things and come together to create something big. This is pure top trumps now. <laughs> Oh my goodness. It's amazing. Um, it's amazing. And it's actually, I, I think, testament to the, as we've said before, the consistency across all albums. Every album is a solo piece of work. And I think that mm-hmm. all of these indicate a high point for these records, respectively, from the tracks that are on these sides. Yeah. Some of them have had easier matchups than others. Uh, I do think that it's interesting that none of the 12 Town stuff really made it too far because I think the more dedicated production value and clear narrative when it comes to putting the songs together that was able to exist on the um, full records does just kind of like beat it out. But well, so also the best song from 12 Towns is not featured on this bracket. So, well, there we go. No little plug there for the next one yeah that's right if you if you didn't get it yet it's coming oh yeah. it's on its way um well, let's get into it Let, let's let's settle this once and for all what's the best into it over its song from this side is it spatial exploration or is it weak fur indoors we 
It's We Prefer Indoors. It's We Prefer Indoors. You're absolutely right, Connor. That's exactly what it is. <laughs> yeah, halfway there. Yeah, it's just... <laughs> it seems silly to give so much credence to one riff. But that one riff is so good. Look, that one riff has beaten a lot of songs to get here, and it's still... A lot of very good songs, yeah. But... <laughs> Well, that's good. That one sorted that one. Um, Dead easy. We've phoned We've broken long enough. We don't need to beleaguer that point too much. We'll have a chance to talk about that one later on, maybe. Let's see. Uh, yeah, we've phoned those. That goes through to the final of the first episode. And then on the second side, Oscar, what is the better song between No EQ and Fortunate Friends? Uh, the better song is No EQ. Whoa. Don't know. You don't even know. I haven't even written. I haven't even got a, a written answer for this one. I really don't know. Um, I, I, I okay. Let me let me tell you why No EQ is a better song. Because Standards is not my favourite Into It Over album. Proper is. However, knowing that No EQ is on Standards is enough for me to want to listen to that record to get to it almost like I still love the rest of the stuff that's on standards. It's a really, it's a really lovely narrative. But as we've already said, you, there's a certain headspace you want to be in to listen to that record and appreciate it for for, for the most that you can. Mm -hmm. That said, no EQ is an obvious highlight of that entire thing. And an obvious highlight, I would say of the entire into it over it discography, vast and sprawling as it is. Yeah. Fortunate friends is an absolute highlight of proper, but because there's so much strong contention on proper, I'm just going to say it right now, it's not my favorite song on proper, but it's one of them. Whereas no Q is my favorite song on standards. Blah, 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 blah. The fact is like, it stands so strong at that point And it brings so much of the two albums and a half or all the work that precedes it. It brings so much of that into the package of the song that my instinct is to go with that one. That's, that's where I fall on it. It's a culmination of a very successful songwriting career. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I think I'm, I'm leaning onto your side. I think I was before. I think No EQ is just such a good song. Mm. Um, if Fortunate Friends was not Fortunate Friends and it was another proper song, would you still be in the same mindset? Depends on the song. Wow. Okay. Yeah, I mean, that's... There will be time for me to elaborate on what that means. I think it's quite... I, I think anyone that's as big a proper stan as I am will know which song or songs I'm referring to. But I do think there is a proper song that I would have a harder time immediately going up against. Yeah. But because that song's not here... It doesn't matter. Maybe it doesn't, it's irrelevant. As far as I'm concerned, it doesn't exist. Uh, I do think that no EQ has you know bands are lucky if they get a song in a career which showcases so much of who they are in such a pleasant and impressive way as they do on no eq yeah yeah i'm with you i think no eq's got the better chorus as well yeah I've put, I've put that down, but I've not got to that point yet. And even the build-up into it, where it's that, uh, uh, 30 muscles fade, but in 20 years I've barely changed, I think it's just such a good mm. such a good lyric. And I think that lyric doesn't come without what's preceded it. 
Um, and I think what precedes yeah. this album has created the headspace to create standards. Uh, exactly. He, he wouldn't have written this song at the time at which he was writing proper. It just no. wouldn't have happened. No, you are correct, as always. So let's bring it through to a very interesting final, which I'm already starting to despise. So I've got an idea. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it feels like that. Rather than arguing about it now until the cows come home, let's... When we spoke about it originally, we were like, what are we going to do in the end, considering it's two episodes? Are we going to put the winners of each one against each other into the final? But I don't think I'm ready to decide which is better between We Prefer Indoors and No EQ. And I think I need more time on that. I'm actually, yeah, that's actually a really good point. Because if we take, if we bench No EQ and We Prefer Indoors now and save those as the final two from this bracket, and then we get down to the final two of the next bracket, we'll definitely be more equipped knowing which songs have gotten through there. Because as I said, I haven't pre-worked it out. I haven't, I haven't read any spoilers on the forums. I'm, <laughs> I'm letting it happen in real time. By the time we get to this stage for the next half of the brackets, I think it will be clearer what the competition is mm-hmm. and I'll be able to make a more unbiased decision. And also between now and then I can listen to We Pro Indoors and No EQ on loop together and work out which one of them rustles my jimmies in the best way. Yeah, I think that's a very good idea. So we're, instead of so changing to the, uh, to the format, we're going to call this the end of the episode with We Pro Indoors and No EQ on the final block of episode 6a and we will come back in a week's time to discuss 6b and then we will have the ultimate final showdown of the top four into it over its songs for you then i'm excited i mean this isn't the outcome i necessarily thought we were going to have but also i didn't think it would get this close in terms of in my boots which tracks would enter the end God, there's some good tracks in here. Man, this is hard. There's too many good tracks. Um, Okay, so that leaves us at the end of episode one. That just leaves me to thank myself, you, (laughs) and... uh, (laughs) I'd like to thank myself too. I think I did a great job. Uh, And and the big man himself for writing all these songs. Um, Yeah, let's... uh, Let's leave it on a cliffhanger. Tune back in next week and we'll work out the way this all ends. Good stuff. <laughs>